I, uh, I have something I want to talk about today. Um, I want to talk to you about what I, call, what I believe is the word of the day. It's the word, um, it's the word that defines the day. And uh, so what do you think that word is? No, it's not pandemic. It's not virus. It's not COVID-19. It's not lockdown or shutdown or quarantine. It's, it's not even open up and testing and face coverings. The word of the day, I believe, is fear. It's not spoken. We don't necessarily say fear, but I'm telling you the word fear pervades our thoughts. It pervades our conversations, our actions, our inactions, our prayers, our concerns. You name it, fear has a part of it these days. Whether it's you talking to your friend, whether it's an announcement that you hear on the television or you read on the internet, it's the conversations at all levels. Fear has, has, has taken root. And that's what I want to talk to you about. Now, why can I speak so strongly about this? One is we can all see it if we give ourselves room. But the other is right before everything really got crazy, early March, Pastor Rick, Pastor Kevin, and I were gathering to pray, as we do every week. And, um, and I just kind of said, in my mind, as we were getting ready to pray, I was like, God, is, is, this, is this really a pandemic? And uh, he answered me very clearly. He said, yes, it's a pandemic. It's a pandemic of fear. That doesn't mean there is not a viral pandemic. And believe me, that I'm not saying that there is. Please don't hear that. But I do know that the Lord is saying, note also that there is a pandemic of fear. And I've watched it, and I have, I have uh, been disappointed in that. But at the same time, I've seen the place that we, you and I, as believers, can say, wait a minute, this isn't from God. You know, we've, we've stood from this place and we've said, look, God didn't bring a virus, even if he's using it to, as a wake-up call for some of us. I can tell you, absolutely, God did not bring fear. Not fear of man, anyway. Not fear of a virus. Not a spirit of fear. See, the spirit of fear is different from fear. And I think it's very important that we make that distinction. Fear is an emotion. It's a good emotion. It saves lives. If you're standing on the edge of a cliff and you're afraid and you take a step back, it maybe it just saved your life. Fear can save lives. But a spirit of fear, it doesn't save lives. It actually steals life. A spirit of fear is controlling. It's a cloud. It's a fog. It's not a it's not a feeling of freedom. No, it's enslaving. It's enslave you. It takes our emotion, that good emotion of fear, and it so clouds it and uses it as fuel that we have worry and we have stress and we have panic. It weaves a web, and an and interweaving web of what ifs, worst case scenarios, misinformation, even lies. It steals peace. It steals clear thinking. It makes us feel weak. It makes us feel helpless. Where does this come from? Where does this spirit of fear come from? If fear is good, where does the spirit of fear come from? Well, it comes from the self, for one. It's easy for us to take something like fear, to step back from that cliff, and then say, wow, I just, that's a good thing I didn't step over, step over that cliff and kill myself. But then we can run what-ifs in our mind. We can start worrying about it. We can say, wow. And we get all stressed out about what could have happened, what might happen, what would happen tomorrow if I made that same mistake. And we let ourselves go. We let our, our mind and our, our, our thoughts race. Of course, it 
also fear can come, a spirit of fear can also come, not only from ourselves, from, from, but also from others. <laughs> I think I've heard enough fear from other people. But we have to let it in. We come into agreement with it. We listen to it. We, we let our fear combine with their fear. And, it, and again, it snowballs into this whole spirit, this whole cloud, this whole covering over who we are. And then the worst of all, the enemy, the enemy of our souls, the devil himself, the one known as the accuser, the deceiver, the father of lies. He's a real snake. He's a real snake. He takes all of things that are good, all things that are bad. He combines them together. He distorts them. He makes you think that they're real. And he forms this web of a, of a fear, of a spirit of fear. Again, fear, fear is good. It can actually stop death. But a spirit of fear does not stop death. It stops life. And many times we think we're stopping death with a spirit of fear. I'm going to make sure that something bad doesn't happen, but the fact is you're actually stealing life. So that's all where the Lord has had me the last couple of months. There's a lot of other things about that, but that's been a theme that's been running through the last couple of months in all the situations we've been in. And I've been trying to talk to you in, in sermons or in um, other times when I've gotten together with some of you, ministered different ways, and conversations I've had over Zoom calls and with you and with ministers around the world, it is absolutely a pandemic. I had an opportunity this past Monday morning to be on the line uh, in a Zoom call with 150 leaders from all over the world, all over the world. And fear was the dominant theme that they were battling against. There were real, there were real issues, but it was the spirit of fear that they was gripping their countries, their nations their congregations. I was talking to a woman. A woman on the line was um, from Wuhan and, and talked about what it was like to be locked down, what it was like to see people dying all around and saying, I've never felt the need to be dependent on the Lord like I had been. But also the spirit of fear that came through what she was sharing. Or a pastor in, in Africa where things are so locked down that people are literally starving to death. And then, then, then violence breaks out. It doesn't have anything to do with the original starvation because the spirit of fear grips nations. And it's expressed differently in every place around the world. But you know what? It's all the same. It's fear turned into a spirit of fear that is gripping the world. So can we talk? I just want to be real with you guys. There's no sense to keep talking more and more about what's going on in the world. If we can't believe that the God that we worship has a way to bring his kingdom into this world and make a difference. And I believe he does. And so I want to talk very candidly about where we're at. First of all, is there anything to be afraid of? Well, of course there is. There's a virus that is pandemic. And also, there are livelihoods that are in very grave need because of the economy. I'm talking about lives and livelihoods. And that, that's all over the world, but it's right here in our own congregation. I've talked to some of you who are really concerned about your daughters who are, are working on the front lines. And you can't even see because, because they can't uh, allow any cross-contamination. Or, 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 or I met with one of you who has to go into the hospital so suited up like, that, that she can't even hardly perform her duties. And how it's stealing an otherwise joyous spirit, who she is, and it's turned into the spirit of fear, just wants to cloud her and, and take over who she is. I've talked to others of you who have lost your jobs or are afraid of losing your jobs. I've talked to someone who had to 
make a hard decision of laying people off in his company. Those are lives, and those are livelihoods. And lives matter to God, and livelihoods matter to God. Because you can't have life without lives. But I will also say you can't have life without livelihood. And all of this matters. And all of it generates fear. But I want to be clear here. I'm not talking about the political environment. I'm not a, this isn't a political speech. But it is a pastoral talk. See, I don't, can't speak to you up here as an expert about a viral pandemic. Many people think they can. They've read a few articles and heard a few things, and now we're all experts. But, you know, that's okay. I'm not talking about that. I'm not going to begin to talk about what a viral pandemic means and what we need to do and how that's affected individual lives and how it's affected nations and how it's affected um, economies. But I can talk to you with some level of authority and some level of expertise, if I can say that, on on a pandemic of fear. I don't know about a viral pandemic, but I can speak to you about a fear pandemic because we have a God that says perfect love casts out fear. We have a God who talks all the time about fear. But he is the antidote to that fear. So first, can we all agree that this virus is real, but it's also fueling a pandemic of fear? In fact, I believe with all conviction that the fear, the pandemic fear is bigger the, the pandemic fear is bigger than the viral fear. I really believe that. I believe it's shaping more, impacting more than even the virus itself. I'm not lowering the impact of the virus. I'm raising the power that we see dominating in this world with a pandemic of fear. Everyone is affected. Everyone is affected by fear. You are. I am. But so are others. Our, our leaders are. Our leaders are making decisions based out of fear. All kinds of fear. They're making the best that they can, wise decisions. They're making informed decisions. But believe me, some of the information is fueled by fear. Fear of their constituents. Fear of those that they're, they are called to lead. They're trying to serve. Fear of losing those lives. And so they're doing the right thing to try to preserve life. The sanctity of life matters. You know what? All of a sudden, the whole world has a sanctity of life attitude, which is great. The Lord said, this is great, and I will honor that. At the same time, there is fear involved that is shaping decisions, and it affects all of us. So here's the question that I really want to get at this morning. How do we separate fear, which is good, because it helps us to a, a normal reaction to fear, How do we separate fear from a spirit of fear? How do we separate those two things? Let me share a couple verses with you. One of my favorite, Romans 8, 15. For you did not receive. Speaking of us, Paul is talking to us. The Apostle Paul is talking to us about after we have received Jesus Christ into our hearts and our our spirits and we receive the Holy Spirit inside of us. He said, you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear. But you receive the spirit of sonship or daughtership or adoption. Let me read that again. You did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, not controlled by fear, like a spirit of fear. You did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship, of daughtership. And by that, you cry, Abba, Father. 
you cry, Daddy, Father. You cry, Dad. That's just a, the, an Aramaic word, Abba, that means Father, especially from a child to an adult father. This is what they would call him, Dad or Daddy. They would call him Abba. You have a personal God. You have a personal Father in your God. And that's the exchange of fear. See, fear, which, you, which was taken away, was replaced with relationship. The fear that you had before you knew God was replaced with a relationship with a father. The relationship is what takes away the fear. I've used this illustration before. It's so poignant to me. If you had a child, and we've all kind of experienced this in some level, where they get separated from a parent. Picture yourself, picture a setting. I like to think of uh, Times Square in New York City. Not like it looks right now, which is empty, but like it often does. And it will again. So bustling with people, especially like, let's say, Friday night at 7 o'clock. And there's so many people waiting to cross that street. And the light turns. And the crosswalk turns. And all of a sudden, this mass of people is walking across the street. And the hand that you're holding, your father's hand, if if you are a child, is separated from you. And now, all of a sudden, you look around and you can't see your mom or your dad. And fear sets in so, so heavy. You are panicked. You don't know what to do. Until that moment that your, gra- your father grabs your hand again. Your mother grabs your hand again. And immediately that fear, that panic dissipates from you. And you say, wow. You, you, just, you can feel the visceral release of that as you embrace, as you are embraced by that father. The thing is, you are no more capable of taking care of yourself, of getting yourself home as you were before that if you're a little child. Of taking care of all of your needs. But it doesn't matter. Because you're holding on to the one who takes away the fear. That relationship cancels the fear. The fear is replaced by the relationship. And, and we are told we are given a spirit that doesn't make us a slave again to fear, but instead the relationship, sonship, daughtership, in which we have a personal father. Again, in 2, Corinthians, uh, 2 Timothy, it actually says, For God did not give us a spirit of fear, but he gave us instead one of power, Love and self-control. Well, where does power, love, and self-control or clear thinking, where does, that, where does that come from? Well, it comes from our sonship. It comes from our daughtership. It comes from them. we are in the relationship with our Father. It comes from the relationship. In that place of relationship, you have love and you have confidence. You have power. In fact, you can think clearly. You're not worried and stressed about everything that's happening. I'm telling you, we are children of God. And the more childlike faith we have, the more our relationship is real with God, the more the fullness of who he has in that relationship can come to us. It's not that we are less. It's that he's that great. And when we recognize who he is and how confident we can be, how confident and dependent we can be, how much we cast out fear because of his very presence, that makes all the difference. You know, throughout the Bible from the Old Testament all the way through the end, it says, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid is found many, many times in the Bible. But it's not followed up with, do not be afraid, there's nothing to worry about. It doesn't say, do not be afraid, what's wrong with you? It says, do not be afraid, for I am with you. It's always followed by, I am with you. That is the anecdote. That is the antidote. That is the antidote to fear, is a relationship with God. So I have the biggest news. I have the greatest news that I could share. In the middle of this pandemic, in the middle of the place where the world is right now, you know what? We have an antidote. We have an antidote. We have the biggest news because the spirit of fear that is gripping the world 
We have the antidote in Jesus. We have the antidote in a father who loves us. Now I'm hoping and confident that, we, that, that those who are working hard at dealing with a pandemic of this virus will work through it and will find solutions both in the natural and in medical. There are many things that are being done right now. But I'm telling you right now, even before that happens, today, wherever you are, we have an antidote. And that is a relationship with a father. It actually cancels the fear. And if we believe that there's a pandemic of fear going on right now, then we, can, we, can, we, can, we can't think clearly through that, that cloud of fear around us. But wouldn't it be great to pull all of that back, still deal with what we have to deal with, still be in the presence of what we, in the, the, the situation that we're in, making decisions, hard decisions for some of us, difficult decisions, ones that make us hurt inside, but be able to do that in the confidence that we're holding tight to the relationship that we are dealing with fear, but not the pandemic of fear that comes from the spirit of fear. I'm telling you, folks, it is a fight. It is a real fight, and it's a real attack by a real enemy that wants to fuel this fear to destroy this world, to destroy these people that God says, these are my sons and daughters, these are my children. The fueling of this cloud of oppression is a spirit of fear. Okay. What I'd really like to do this morning, what I'd really like to do is to lead us in a spiritual transaction. I want to break off a spirit of fear. I want all of you to break off a spirit of fear. Now, here's the thing. We don't need to be embarrassed about fear. One of the things we can do as believers, one of the things we can do as Christians is we can say, I'm not supposed to be afraid. So then what we do is we, we feel guilty when we are afraid. Or we, we try to suppress that fear as if by itself that's bad. And it isn't. It's when it controls us. It's when we become enslaved to it. It's when it clouds our judgment that we don't have the, the relationship with God. So the first thing we need to do is recognize that there's things to be afraid of. There's real things to be afraid of. But they don't transcend. They're not greater than the relationship that we have with God. So we don't need to be afraid. We don't need to be embarrassed about the fear. And we don't need to be feeling that we need to suppress the fear. But in fact, instead, we need to take that fear, say it is real, and then take it to the Lord. One more verse for you. Peace I leave with you. Jesus says this in the last days before he goes to the cross. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. He's offering a holy exchange. Give to God our fear, receive his presence, his father presence, his relationship, his peace. I don't believe this is just something to know in our head. I think it's something that we are invited to make a transaction in our spirit for. So I want to lead us in two different um, transactions, spiritual transactions. The first one is for each one of us personally. And then the second one will be on behalf of the world because we are believers. And the Lord said, would you please pray, may your kingdom come. And I want to lead us in a very active way of inviting his kingdom. So the first one is personally. I'm going to ask you all to get very personal now with yourself and with the Lord. 
What in your life, in your situation, are you afraid of? What is causing fear, genuine fear? You don't need to be embarrassed. You don't need to be needing to suppress it. You don't need to say, look, I'm really not afraid. I think it's all going to work out. Yeah, I, I do too. But what is it that you say, you know, I'm just not 100% at peace about? Maybe it's your health. Now, please don't extend this to your daughter or your mother. We're going to do that in a minute, okay? I'm just talking about you personally. Maybe it's your health. Maybe it's your job and your employment, your provision. Maybe it's freedoms that you're worried about. Maybe it's the future, your future. Have that in your mind. And let's just do this exchange. Just follow along with me. Say this out loud if you want to or just pray in your heart. Father, we come before you. Father, we come before you. And we say we have something that we know you want to take away. There, it's real. It's a real reason to be afraid. But I take hold of that. And instead of clinging to it and letting it take hold of me, I give it to you. I release it to you. Whatever specifically you have, feel, watch, feel, and express in your mind, in your heart, in your spirit. Release that to the Lord. Give it some description if you need to. Your health or your job or whatever you're worried about. Thank you, Lord. Now, Lord, I ask that you would come into each one who's, who's giving to you their fear. And I pray that you would bring to them instead your presence. That you would enter that place, take hold of their hand, throw your arms around them, throw your El Shaddai protection around them. Let them feel the father heart of God. Let them feel the mother heart of God. Let them feel your presence right now. The safety, the security, the trust, the hope of your presence. Lord, we thank you for the emotion of fear, but Lord, we, none of us can carry that on and on and on and allow that to control us. We give it to you and we ask God that you would be where we set our eyes, our minds, our thoughts, our hope. Thank you, Lord God. As Ben continues, I just want to lead us now into the next transaction as well. And that is, as I said before, the Lord says, may your kingdom come. Pray this way. May your kingdom come. May your will be done. That's not a passive statement. It's an active statement. And when we're in a good place, God, may your kingdom come. That's an easy prayer. <laughs> But maybe God wants to bring his kingdom in the worst of situations. Maybe right now, more than ever in your life, it's right for you as a believer to pray to God, I need your kingdom to come into this world around me because fear is taking over this world and we need your kingdom, which is not built on fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. So what I'm going to ask all of you to do now that you've exchanged this personally, now Think of another person or another situation 
Now think of your daughter, if she's on the front line. But not just think about your daughter, but think about that area of influence. That is the front lines. Or maybe you're thinking about an elderly parent. You as a believer have authority because of your love and compassion for that elderly parent or elderly person to pray for the elderly. Or maybe you are concerned about finances and your job. Well, you know what? We have authority to pray for the economy, pray for livelihoods. Or maybe your concern is with leaders. Take authority to pray over those leaders, to pray for those leaders. Or maybe it's freedoms. Let's declare in all the realms of the world, may your kingdom come. See, God invites us as his body to usher in his kingdom into this world. And what I don't want to do in the middle of a pandemic is to feel more limited, more helpless, more powerless. We want to feel more power. We want to feel that we have a solution that the world needs. They need Jesus. They need the clarity that comes with the presence of the Lord. They need to take hold of a hand of a father who says, I've got this. And you don't have to be confined, restricted by fear. Your hope, world, your hope, world, we have the answer. The hope is in Jesus. The hope is in Jesus. So right now, whether it's front lines or the elderly or the people on the front lines or leaders or provision and business, livelihoods, whatever category you have, I'm going to invite you now to do the same transaction on behalf of those who are already praying all around the world and on behalf of those who have no idea what we're talking about. But God, who we're praying to, does. And he says, pray that my kingdom would come. So would you pray with me? Take that area of influence that you have focused on right now and we bring this before the Lord. God, it is your desire that your kingdom would come. And so we enter in on behalf of those who are so desperate, on behalf of all of us who are so desperate, on behalf of our, the, our loved ones who are so desperate. Lord, there's no better time to call for your kingdom to come than when this world is in a mess. And so, Lord, in the middle of this mess, in the middle of this pandemic of the virus, in the middle of this pandemic of fear, in the middle of the uncertainty, the unknowing, in the middle of the cloud of confusion that allows us to see a fraction of what we could see otherwise because everything is so clouded and unclear. We ask you to part the cloud. But we are doing this, first of all, by taking the very area where people are afraid, where we are afraid, and we bring them to you, and we bring them as whole categories to you, and we say, Lord, here are the elderly. We're afraid for them. We bring them and bring them and lay them at your feet. Here are the people on the front lines. And we are concerned for them and we bring and lay them at your feet. We say, here are the economies of the world, the livelihoods of men and women and families. And we lay them before your feet. Lord, here are our leaders trying to do what is right, confused by fear, lost many times to see clearly, being told many things at the same time that do not compute but yet drive their decisions. Lord, we bring them before you and we say, God, our fear is for them to make good decisions. And now, Lord, we leave them before you and we say, 
would you do a holy exchange? And even where we are not, would you be? And I pray that right now you would break off the spirit of fear in every one of these categories. Elderly who are afraid, front lines who are afraid, leaders who are afraid. Lord, we're taking authority that you say we're crawling to heaven. May your kingdom come. Would it first of all come by breaking an epidemic of fear, silencing the accuser, clearing minds, clearing thoughts, clearing decisions, clearing spirits, clearing concerns. Lord, we believe that there are real things to be afraid of, but we bring those fears to you and we say, God, cancel the power of the spirit of fear. Instead, bring your power of love and a sound mind and the kingdom of heaven to bear into our lives. And now, Lord, I ask that we would receive the peace that you promise, the peace that passes understanding, the peace that doesn't make sense considering the circumstances. Not as the world gives peace. Be not afraid. Do not be troubled, the Lord says. Receive the peace. Ben's going to lead us in just a chorus to seal what you've just prayed. And as you sing, believe that your prayers have power because your God has power and he's heard every prayer you've prayed. Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, you silence fear. Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. everyone. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Lord Jesus. That you silence fear. That you did not give us a spirit which again enslaves us to fear, but instead a relationship with your Heavenly Father. You even prayed, Jesus, that we would be one and we would have the relationship with the Father that you have with the Father. What a, grit, what a gift that you would actually desire that for us. But we claim it boldly this morning. We claim it for ourselves. We claim it for our families. We claim it for our world. And we are thankful that we are not hopeless and helpless because we know that it's your desire and you will finish your desires to see your kingdom come and your will done here on earth. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in your heart with God. And I am believing that this morning marks transactions that will make a difference in the world. Thank you for joining me. Bless you. Bless you all.